Welcome to the Heart of Life podcast, sponsored by Riverbend Counseling in Colorado Springs. I am Brooke Small. And I am Jesse Steffes. In this podcast, we dive into the heart of life's questions. This is not a substitute for mental health therapy. However, our goal is to make healing accessible for as many as possible. Welcome to our final episode of this season. We are so excited to be here and we're so grateful for all of you that has, have joined us throughout this first season of the Heart of Life podcast. Today we are joined by my sister, Julie, who is our behind the scenes uh, person who does all of our social media content and is valuable when it comes to the work she does for us. Um, and because she's behind the scenes, we don't get to hear from her, at least face-to-face. Uh, and so we're excited to have her here. Yeah. Welcome, Julie. It's talk about fangirl, right? <laughs> <laughs> I am excited to be here because I just love doing what I do. And I love the way it impacts my life um, and interacting with both of you. is awesome. Yeah, it's great. So Julie, tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll and talk about what this season has been like for the three of us. Yeah. So I, you know, I feel like if I try to describe myself, I am a person that loves life and all of its different aspects. And that's kind of reflected in what I've studied and who I am and how I engage with the world. And, you know, I studied humanities in college and wondered what I would do with that. (laughs) And I don't think I expected I would end up doing this, but it really has, um, that part of my life has really affected how I, how I approach our social media because I love people and I think people are amazing and complicated and, um, we all have our own stories. We all have our own experiences and I love telling those stories and interacting with people. I'm also on the side of flower farmer and I, love the beauty of life. And that's why I do that part is I think the world is full of beauty in addition to the hard things. And I believe in creation and creating beauty in our lives. Um, And that has been a really um, soul enriching thing for me to do as well. So, and I'm a mom, I've got twins (laughs) that are six years old and that is a big part of my life. And I just feel like um, you know, when we can bring our whole selves to the things that we do, whether it's our jobs or our interactions, it just makes life better and more full. And that's something I've really taken away from this experience. Mm. I love that. And uh, with that, the end of our podcast. <laughs> um, no, that's so it's, yeah, it's, it's perfect. And I love what you say when you, when you talk about the idea of when we can bring our whole self all of the things that we value into whatever space we're in. Um, It makes the experience richer. It makes us uh, 
I'm better in that space and happier in that space. And I feel the same way in having done the podcast now for a season of all of the aspects uh, that I love about life, same like beauty and people and stories and allowing them to, to come into a space where we get to really just show up is beautiful. I love it. Yeah. I similarly, and one of the things, I don't know if you know this, Julie, cause I don't know if we sent this out to the whole collective, but Julie has been integral in helping us actually create the skeleton of our mission at our practice. And so at one time, Julie, you sent out, um, you were scheduling our social media and you talked about at the very top of this page, you said to, um, to engage, educate, and inspire. And I don't know where that came from in you, but we were like, there's our mission statement. That's it. That's it. And then we built it. I have goosebumps a little bit. I think I am a little bit more obsessed with Julie than I realized, (laughs) but I, that formed our work. And I, I noticed this year and through this season of the podcast that your ability to help us um, put containment around all the ideas and all the creativity has been so helpful to me. Like my temperament is such that it's like, everything's exciting and everything. And so just something as concise as engage, educate, and inspire has been like, okay, how are we fitting into that? So I don't, I don't even know if you knew that you wrote our mission statement or not. I did not know that, but I love that. And that just made me think, you know, like Brooke and I are sisters and our parents are both teachers. So our dad was a professor and our mom was a elementary educator. And so education and information and inspiration all are just like what we grew up with and kind of in our bones. And it just, I feel like that's just a natural, um, it's just a natural part of our lives. And, but I recognize that that's not the case for everyone, you know? And so it really is, it feels very important to me that that all those parts are involved in good teaching and good learning, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm curious about both of you. For for you, what was the the podcast or the topic that really um, helped you? I know there are several for me, but I'm curious about in doing it. How were you? inspired and moved to maybe do something different or recognize something in yourself. Mm-hmm. You want to go first, Julie? Do you want me to? Um, I'll go first. I think there's just have been so many, so many things, um, so many podcasts that have been really great. And I listened to the podcast the week before, so I have all the information and I can reflect that through our social media. And it's really like free therapy for me <laughs> to listen to the <laughs> podcast and to work through all those ideas. And I honestly have felt a, a change in myself. I've seen the growth in myself just from listening to that and working, you know, processing it. Um, but this week, the truth telling, um, mm. the one about telling the truth about our families has, has resonated with me in our families, but also just in telling the truth within our cultures, you know, Mm -hmm. telling the truth within our um, communities. 
and that's come full circle for me this week. And I just recognize in myself this newfound ability to really stand in that truth with integrity and with compassion for other people and the way they see things. And I just attribute that to like the repetition of all those important things about setting boundaries. I mean, because there are some things that come up every week, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> setting boundaries. Um, doing the work, your own work and figuring out, you know, what's going on within you, um, learning to communicate and, and seeing other people's viewpoints. I, I just feel like all of that is cumulative for me rather than one specific podcast. It's just mm-hmm. over time has reinforced those messages that have been really powerful. Mm-hmm. I, I really deeply resonate and echo what Julie is saying, because it's, if you're right, there's themes that come up. And I, and I think too, part of that is Brooke and I live um, in a similar wavelength, if not the same wavelength of life about richness and meaning and things like that. And so anytime we're in the same space, probably anytime the three of us are doing anything, it's going to feel very synchronous. Um, But the ideas of boundaries and voice and a lot of this too has really profoundly allowed me to own my own story because when I have to go back to, you know, these concepts or themes repeatedly, it allows me to cement like, okay, do I really genuinely, you know, value bravery or is that something I said once in a hard time or can I see that golden string through my life? And so these themes have really called me to the carpet of my own growth and processing as we're offering them to the community. Um, And some of the podcasts have been really difficult episodes. And one that comes to mind is when we had Jeannie on talking about addiction and being within orbit of somebody who is struggling in addiction. And that's been a story in my life with um, siblings and That one, I found myself as we were recording that day, kind of holding on to Jeannie and Brooke's energy in our recording room of like, okay, let me sturdy myself because we're talking about something that's very deeply intimate to me. But it also allowed me to consider what our listeners may also feel when we hit on some of these topics that are either their letters or straight from their heart, or we're saying the things they've thought before and we're voicing them. So it's very... um, I don't know, really intimate work. And it's, it kind of feels surreal that we're allowed to do it. And, and I mean, you know, we didn't ask anybody, we just did it, <laughs> but <laughs> which is also growth. I just want to say, that's a good point. Maybe you can speak to that. Cause I, I'm wondering Brooke, what, what it's, what it's been like for you and what has stuck out most or, or landed deepest with you. Um, yeah. So we did an episode on vulnerability and vulnerability is something that I watch every day as my clients come into my office and allow me to walk into the dark, dark with them, right? Allow me to hear the things that they're afraid to say anywhere else. Um, and, and I often watch as they say those things and then they look at me like, what are you going to do with this? Right? Like, They trust me enough to say it, but it's such a scary thing or such a hard thing to say out loud that there's some apprehension there. And when we did the episode on vulnerability, as I was talking about 
how, how wonderful that is and how good it is and how connecting it is. I also realized like, I am really good at one way vulnerability. Like I am happy to walk into somebody's dark, dark with them and I can sit in the dark, but I would prefer not to have anyone walk into my dark, dark with me. Um, so doing that episode really challenged me to think about what that looks like, because I think for me, for, for a while, or over the last year, at least, it's looked like saying, hey, I have a dark, dark, <laughs> or like, hey, there's, you know, there's this story that I, I've told about my life that, you know, is painful, and it's vulnerable to tell, but it's also curated, right? I've, I've told it so many times that I can say it in a way that is vulnerable, but not um, uh, brave, <laughs> I guess mm-hmm. is the word that I'm looking for. Um, and so after that episode, I've, I've really worked to be more brave with the things that I say and not wait for someone with more authority to give me permission to say those things. Mm-hmm. Or, and w- with more authority, I'm going to put in quotations, right? But waiting for permission to say those things, or uh, I think I've, Jesse knows this, I think Julie does too, but I'm always like in search of like, well, what's the next degree? Like, do I get a degree in divinity? Do I get a degree in whatever? And I realized after that episode that the reason that I'm always thinking about that is because. I think if I have one more degree in something that I'm passionate about, then that will be enough for people to listen to me Mm. and to the things that are most important to me. And it's just, I don't have to wait for that. I I can, I can start to talk about the things that matter now Mm. without someone giving me permission. That makes me think too, Brooke. And and I noticed this in Julie, how you condense and kind of extract stuff from our episodes for social media often what's shared and and I still don't know the magic of how you know how to put audio in a story like tech wise <laughs> I am 100 years old <laughs> so I don't get it it's magic but the the clips that are often pulled out that seem to be the most kind of valuable or some of the the most heavy hitting is often when when we or our guest has shared something personal right it's not necessarily about um you know, here's, here's how we define internal family systems. It's about, you know, this is what this felt like for me, or this is a story of my life. And I don't know if that's intentional on your part, Julie, if you even had noticed that, but I I'm thinking about that now with what Brooke shared of our personal stories are our authority, right? Like our experiences, our authority and our experiences, are permission um, to speak our truth and to speak our story. And, and I don't know how that hits you, Julie, if that had been conscious or not, maybe you can speak to that. Um, I don't know if it is conscious, but I think it is just, um, the way that I want to hear it. You know, (laughs) like I am also someone who loves to write. I am a storyteller. I feel like that's really where the power, um, is in any interaction with each other is when we can share our stories when we feel safe enough to share a story when we are brave enough to to share a story um no one can argue with your lived experience you know I mean they can try (laughs) they can try 
but our lived experience is, yeah, like you said, that is our authority and, and that's what we can really uniquely bring to any interaction where we're trying to understand each other better, or we're trying to um, understand ourselves better is getting clear about our own story and the stories we tell ourselves. And um, there is just so much power in that. And there can be power for, for uh, our detriment too, when we tell ourselves a story that's not true. Right. So it's, it is, um, I think it's just naturally where the power is. And I want those clips and interactions to be something that, that connects with people. And that's our point of connection. Mm. That just makes me think of the word curation, right? And and not in a way of like how we've used it before of here's the perfect version of this story so that it, you know, can remain kind of in a glass case, but curation of this is the gallery that we're filling and I'm filling it with the most beautiful parts of this that have the most meaning or the most rich. Um, and the curation of that, I feel like is part of what you do for us, Julie, is there's a, there's a lot of content and you pull the significant parts of it. And, and one of us can be more long-winded than the other on the podcast. And that is, me. <laughs> so we probably should develop hand signals when we're recording <laughs> to be like, tail it off. It's been too long, <laughs> but your, your work is so helpful. I actually was listening to our one about family uh, secrets and telling truth. And at one point I say to you, like, I'm going to, after I finish talking about this for a long time, I'm going to come back to you. And I want you to, I want you to say something about this. It was like a little signal to myself, like, (laughs) all right, Brooke, (laughs) time to turn it over. Um, Yeah. I, I, I believe in stories and I, you know, in, in our grad program, one of the things that kept coming back over and over again, that we were told was like, don't tell your story in session. Like, don't, don't. And, and the point of that was like, don't make it about you, right? We, you know, someone comes in and says, this is happening to me. And we're like, oh my gosh, that totally happened to me. And let me tell you all about it. That's unhelpful. But because everybody was a baby counselor, it was kind of like this across the board rule of don't ever tell your story. Don't self-disclose in any way. And I never found that to be helpful Mm-mm. because when I was in counseling, I needed someone to not just say, oh, that must have been really hard. I needed someone to say, yeah, I'm so angry that happened to you and I can feel it. And I remember what it felt like to feel deep grief or feel, you know, whatever it is, because we, we need, that's how we connect. We connect through stories and we connect through emotion. And so when you pull those clips, Julie, that's, you're pulling the most emotionally rich part of the podcast where people can hear it and say, gosh, I hear that, that pain, or I hear that joy. And I, I know that emotion because I have that in me as well. Hmm. Yeah. The, the resonant, right. What's resonating mm-hmm. most beautiful. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, there's, there's a difference between studying something academically and having lived it, right? Yes. Anyone who has, you know, tried to raise kids or been through a difficult relationship or experienced abuse or any of that, 
it is different when you have lived it and you have a, a different kind of empathy and understanding when you have experienced deep grief or pain or sorrow. And I think all three of us have had that experience. And so it changes the way that you approach things because you just realize like, this is different when you felt it in your heart than when you've read about it on a page, you know? And I think that's one of the things about your podcast that's so powerful is that um, you are sharing those lived experiences and it makes people understand that this is not just an academic exercise, but it's about all of us figuring out how to live our lives, you know, in ways that are not harmful in ways that are peaceful and loving and um, nourishing to ourselves. And, and that lived experience just can't be uh, recreated any other way. Right. Right. And, and that's where compassion and empathy lies, right. Is in, in story and in experience, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about that, what we often use when we're talking in our podcasts of like how to, how to separate how we learned to be from who we are. And when we start to do that, we can, we can have so much compassion for that person who learned to be a certain way because we were just trying to be safe enough and secure enough and attached enough. Um, and that allows us to not, to not bring, uh, bring her, right, into this, this space as like an absolute rigid fact of us. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, I don't know, what, what, is, what is really powerful is I know the two of you so well. And I, I know there are ways that we learned to be in the world. And if we can be brave enough to say this, this people pleasing or this um, making myself small, that's not, that's, that's just how I learned to be within my family or my culture or, you know, my society, but I don't have to do that anymore because that's not who I am. And the who I am has been calling me this whole time and through emotion and through intuition and and how do I then learn to connect with that part of me Mm. and that story piece right the stories that we've learned to help us move through the world you know as you were sharing that Brooke I kept reflecting back on how many how many of our podcasts and how many of those episodes were about us identifying in a letter a potential story that someone had been operating from and then offering permission, um, empowerment to, to let go of that story or to rewrite that story or to um, deconstruct it even. And a lot of that comes from our work of doing that, right? And, and, and breaking open some of the things that like, if I stop living this story, what might happen? And then holding the bravery and the regulation to say, it's probably going to get really tough for a little bit, but is it worth doing? And that goes back to like, back to the very beginning of the season of loss and liberation, right? Because every time we seek liberation, we will feel loss and that loss is so worth it, you know, more often than not, um, not always, but it's it's really important that deconstruction, but it is really painful sometimes too. And I think we all 
three and a lot of our listeners can feel that bracing when we talk about the hard stuff. There's this energy that exists in that space where we say, oh, I'm about to do something really life-changing and I'm very scared. And then we crack through it and it's like, still scary. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I love climbing mountains and I hate heights. And those two things sometimes can be a problem. (laughs) But we were hiking a 14er here several years ago and you know, you hike up and it's kind of this boulder field and it's a little scary, but it's not, it's like, if I fall, I fall on a few boulders, but I'm not going to fall off the mountain, but you get to the top of it. And there's this keyhole, meaning there's this huge steep drop-off and you have to climb through this tiny little hole to the other side to get to the peak. And, but you don't know what's on the other side of that. Like I, I'd never climbed this mountain before, so I didn't know once I climbed through if it was going to be as steep on the other side. So I, (laughs) I guess I'm always a mom everywhere I go, but I'm sitting there and I'm watching these people get so close to the sheer drop off. And the whole time I'm like holding onto the side of the mountain and like gasping and realizing that I am making this more dangerous for everybody else by being so scared. And I thought about going through it over and over again, and I just couldn't do it. And so finally I told my husband, I was like, just, I'm going to wait here. You go through the keyhole, go see the summit. And then I'm going to, I'll catch you on the way down because I can't do this. And so I just took off my backpack and sat as like firm against the rock as I could while I watched all these other people do it, which actually made me even more scared to watch them go through So I sat there for, I don't know, maybe five minutes. And then I thought, I'm, I just, I climbed for five hours to get to this spot and I'm not going to see what I came to see. Like, why would I do that? And so I waited for a little bit longer, trying to get up the courage. And this old guy finally came up and I stopped him and I said, I need to get on the other side of that, but I am so afraid to do it by myself. I'm wondering if you could stand behind me and just like, just be behind me while I get through this so that I can go. And he's like, yeah, I guess it's fine. So I get on my pack and I start to climb and it is so like, I've never had my heart pound like that before. And my hands shake already, but they were super, super shaky. And I climb, I'm starting to climb up this thing. And this old guy is so nice. He's like got both his hands on my butt cheeks, like, <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> pushing, <laughs> pushing me up. Like he, he was uncomfortable, but he also knew how scared I was. So he's, he's helping, like, let me know that he's there. And that's really the only place that he can hold to let me know he's there. So I can still move and get through the other side. And it is breathtaking. It was so beautiful. The clouds were low and everything was so green and you could see just mountains and mountains. And I just cried. I like, I broke down and cried and I thanked this guy and I went and found my husband and he gave me this huge hug. He's like, you got here? You're here? I can't believe it. And the old guy was like, just so you know, I've never touched anyone like that, but my own wife. (laughs) (laughs) But it, it was... 
it was such a powerful experience for me. Sometimes we have to have those physical experiences to tell us that we can do other really hard things for us. And for me, whenever I think about the things that I am most scared of, like I'm almost there, or I have this thing that I have to say and need to say, but I'm so afraid of what the other side looks like. I always remember what it was like to climb through that Mm -hmm. and see what I almost missed by being too afraid to try. Mm. That is beautiful. And there's this, this is an exact picture, right? Of the, the reason why it's so important to tell our story, because think about what all of us can extract from that, about asking for support, engaging in our own timing, doing the brave thing, recalling how far we've come, finding celebration on the other side. Like there's, there's millions of ways we can extract from your experience healing for ourselves. And that is why in grad school, when we learn not to tell our stories, we have to unlearn that because it's not, yes. true. it's not true. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. Julie, tell us, I'm going to, as we start to close up, I wanted to ask this question. What are your hopes for the second season of our podcast? If you have any. Um, I just hope, my hope, I guess, is always that we can talk about the things that are hard to talk about. <laughs> you know, so many people just don't have a space in their lives where they can safely share what's really important to them. And we know that, you know, the kind of therapy that you guys provide is so beneficial, but we also know that there are lots of people out there who either can't access that kind of therapy or they don't feel like they're ready to take that step. Um, And so, so just having a space where maybe like, like I feel like I work things out every week as I listen And I am sure that's the case for anyone else who listens and it becomes, it's such an amazing resource. And I love, I love the quote from um, Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, where he says that anything human is mentionable. Mm -hmm. And I believe that so deeply that Mm -hmm. the cure to so much of the pain that we feel in the world and the misunderstanding and the conflict that we have and um, is, is making space for what's human and what um, is really mentionable and making it so that we can, that we can talk about the things that we need to talk about because it's freedom. It's -hmm. freedom when that happens. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's, that's always my hope. Yeah. The, uh, the end of that quote, right. Is that, and anything mentionable is manageable. Mm. And yeah, that, that's my hope as well is that this is becomes what people need it to be and allows access to those places and spaces um, because uh, truth is freedom and truth is love, right? When we can speak the truth, when we can go into the dark, dark and we can illuminate that, we create this living energy that starts to move things and change things. And it's not a bitter energy that just stops us in our track, but it is, it is life and it is beauty. And 
it is, I think it's Glennon Doyle who says it's brutal, right? Like it's, life is brutal and it's beautiful and all of it belongs. Mm. I, th- I think my hopes are very similar, you know, unsurprisingly, but the, you know, what Julie said, it, I had a week recently where in one week, I'm not kidding you, three women came into my office at different times throughout that week and said, this is probably going to be TMI, or this is really hard to say, but then they all three shared the same experience. <laughs> and it's not an, like an, like a very common experience. And I was like, oh my gosh, you have no idea how normal this is. Right. <laughs> and so my hope, I think for our podcast is for when people write to us, when they submit something, when they ask something really from their heart of hearts, from the deepest part of them that feels the darkest, that we can breathe light onto it and say, oh yeah, I felt that too. Or I've, I've been in that space and, and help, you know, we, we have this battle right now in our world. I, I feel this tension between are people good or are people bad, right? And that's not the question. That's not actually the question. It's what has happened to all of us or what are we moving through that is allowing us to move in these ways that we've learned. My hope for our podcast as we move forward is that it always reaffirms your goodness and that these are a series of experiences and events. And like Mr. Rogers says, we can manage them all. Um, Yeah, that's, that's my hope. Beautiful. Thank you, Julie, for joining us today. It has been pleasure and we are going to have you on more in the second season yeah I loved it I love talking to you guys I love talking to you too so we'll see you all on the heart of life podcast in season two was that good summer yeah (laughs) have a good summer (laughs) all right If you are interested in submitting a question or letter to the Heart of Life podcast, you can do so at our website, riverbendcolorado.com, and click on the podcast tab. We would love for you to give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. By doing so, you help us make the Heart of Life podcast easier to find and more accessible for everyone. We will see you next week as we walk each other home. Mm